Well, let's let's stand and we'll read from our text. And if you're able to, I know not everybody's not able to stand, but um, Romans chapter 12. I want to go back to verse number 1 and 2. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, and then we'll go to our verse this morning. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. How are we going to do this? It's going to be by the mercies of God. Um, you know, we don't have the ability in and of ourselves. We need uh, God to do this in us, work this in us, uh, do this for us, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. So here I am, Lord, kind of like Mary, right? I mean, he said, here's, here's your handmaid. Do, do with me as, as you please. Um, present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Well, we've been looking at some of those things. In verse 14, uh, this is acceptable in the sight of God. This is pleasing in the sight of God. This is what we're called unto, we're commanded to here in verse number 14. It's our text this morning. Bless them which bless you. That's not what it says, does it? Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. So we're called to blessing, not to cursing. Um, And that's what we kind of want to talk about uh, this morning. Can you do it? Not in and of ourselves. We can't do it. Um, Why do we even have a desire to do it? Because God's changed us we have a new heart we're a new creation Um, we have we have the divine nature this is some of those things that are just like wow to even think about Um, we've been made partakers the scripture says of what the divine nature and and this this is part of that that we're looking at here in verse number 14 is the ability to bless instead of curse now the world is going to curse not bless um, but, but we're called to bless when we are persecuted. We're called to bless. So we want to, to look at that this morning, the Lord helping us. Uh, before we do, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dad, would you pray for us? Amen. You may be seated. You know, that's, I may have mentioned this last week, I don't know, or I may have just thought it and didn't say it, um, but it's still humbling to me. You know, when I, first, when I first started standing here before the people in this place, um, you know, everybody, I guess, I can't think, there weren't any other young couples that were here at that time. Um, everybody in, in the congregation were people that were older 
um, than me that I had grown up around and looked up to. And here I was all of a sudden being put into this position and it was different, you know? Um, and so, and, you know, out of, out of that group of people, I guess, dad really is the only one, uh, from the very beginning that's, that's left. And so whenever he prays and he says those words that he said well ago, and we pray for our pastor, it's a very humbling thing still. After 26 years, it's still an humbling thing to hear that being said. I'm glad that it is. Uh, I, I want it always to be, uh, but it's still a very humbling thing to hear uh, those words. Well, here's a question for you. What happens when you step into the mud? What happens to you? Hmm? You sink? Okay. What happens to your shoes? They, if they, they sink, what happens to the shoes themselves? I mean, do they, they stay clean? They get muddy, right. So what happens when you're caught in the rain? You get wet. All right. So what happens when you live godly in Christ Jesus? You see where I'm going, right? Yeah. If you live godly in Christ Jesus, according to 2 Timothy 3.12, yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer what? Persecution. Persecution. So here we're given an injunction in Romans um, 12.14 about what we are to do and what we are not to do whenever we suffer persecution. So if you're a Christian, it's not if you will suffer persecution. It's kind of like if you step in the mud, you're going to get muddy. If you walk under the rain, you don't have an umbrella, you know you're going to get wet. Um, so if you live godly in Christ Jesus, if you're a Christian, it's not if you're going to suffer persecution. And we want to talk about that a little bit, about what, what really, what is persecution um, but um, it's not if, but when you suffer persecution. So when you suffer persecution, how are you to respond and how are you not to respond? Um, the Lord tells us we're not to be surprised about it. You know, we're, we're informed ahead of time to be forewarned is to be forearmed, right? So we're told ahead of time that this is something that we're going to suffer it is something that we're going to endure. It's something that we're going to encounter. It, it's not something that's going to be foreign unto us. It just happened to some of us some of the time and never to others. And you look at them and say, wow, I wish I was like that. And they never have to go through persecution, but I always have to go through persecution. No, we all. I mean, from, from the, the mother in the home, keeping house and children, um, all the way to... Um, you know, whatever other occupation, condition that we may find ourselves in. Um, how, you know, how, how, how easy is it to bring persecution upon yourself? Now, I'm not saying that we need to be abrasive and want persecution to come in our lives. I'm not saying that we need to be shy about who we are either, you know, but we don't want to be obnoxious. You know, we don't want to be persecuted because of us. We want to be persecuted because of Christ. You know, that's the reason. But how easy is it to be persecuted? Well, you can, you can go to a restaurant and you can order a meal and you can, can bow your heads and give thanks for it. And you can feel the persecution. If you look around, you can see the persecution. It may be a sneer. It may be a snub. 
Um, it may be something open. It may be, it may be a comment uh, that is made, you know, uh, outwardly. So, you know, what, what, what is persecution? Does it have to be martyrdom? You know, does that have to define persecution? Or can it be something as simple as here we are living godly in Christ Jesus and, and we do something as simple as pray in a restaurant, you know, or in conversation, course of conversation with somebody. I mean, they feel free and at liberty to tell us all the things that their lives are about. You know, why can't we speak of Christ, you know, and, and with the same freedom, you know, um, you know, they aren't, you know, spoken ill about because of the things that they enjoy in their lives, the things that they rejoice in their lives. Why, why can't we speak of, of the things that we rejoice in and that we love? Um, well, when we do, you expect, if you're speaking to an unbeliever, I mean, if we're speaking to a believer, we ought to expect them to rejoice with us, right? Uh, but if we're speaking to an unbeliever, we ought to expect that we're going to be uh, the, the object of persecution to some degree. Um, it may not be something that is said to you at that moment. It could be something that's said behind your back amongst the other coworkers later on. Well, that guy's one of those people, you know. Uh, he's a religious fanatic, you know. Um, and, and you, that, that's not necessarily the, 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 and the definition of what that is, you know, it's not what we are, but to them, that's what we, you know, would be, you know, perhaps, but we should expect it as a Christian. The Lord told us not to be surprised about it at the world. And John fifteen eighteen, he says that the world hates you. Know that it hated me before it hated you. It hated me before it hated you. Verse 19 goes on to say, if you were of the world, the world would love its own. If you talk about things they talk about, you love the things they love, you know, they're, they're going to be in agreement with you. They're not going to have a problem with that. Um, but if you're going to be salt and light, that's where the problem, you know, comes in. But if you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you're not of the world, and we're not, if we're in Christ, we're not of the world, I have chosen you out of the world. And choosing us out of the world, that means we're separate. And you think about, you know, the church, the ecclesia, the called out. I mean, that's what we are. You know, we're come out, be separate, saith the Lord. Um, so therefore the world hateth you. Verse 20, the Lord says, remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they've kept my saying, they will keep yours also. Therefore, we should expect it some form. Some form of it, we should expect it. Um, honestly, when you, when you think about persecution, it's, it's almost, for lack of a better you know, word, it's kind of a validation. You know, the Lord says, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. So if they persecute you, it's because you're living godly in Christ Jesus. You know, so that's, that's something of a, a compliment. We ought to receive it as a compliment. We ought to receive it as a kindness from the Lord. I mean, here you are living godly in Christ Jesus and you're suffering persecution. This is what I've, this is what I've told you would happen. And, and, and this is, this is it, depending on how we respond under that persecution, this is pleasing, you know, unto the Lord. So, so um, by treating you the same way our Lord was treated, you know, they're giving proof, you know, of, of, of your sonship. Uh, of your of your being a child of God, so we shouldn't be offended by persecution. That's that is that is a, a response that we could all be guilty of, be offended by persecution. 
Um, you know, the extreme of being offended by persecution we find in places like Matthew 13 where you have the parable of the sower. And you've got that one seed that was received into stony places and the same um, is he that heareth the word and, and with joy receives it. And it says in verse 21 that he doesn't have root in himself. He endures for a little while, but when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, it says he's offended. And offended in the sense that he goes away and doesn't. You think about those, those that the Lord said some hard sayings unto, and there were many who went away and walked with him no more, and he turns to the disciples and says, will you also go away? And they said, where will we go? You have the words of eternal life. So you kind of have the stony you know, ground uh, over there that received the word with joy for a little while, and they walked away and followed the Lord no more. Um, then you have the disciples, the, the good ground there, you know, that, that um, you know, it's, it's not that, that, that they enjoy persecution. We don't enjoy persecution. Um, you know, that's, that's not something that we enjoy in that sense. We rejoice that we're counted worthy to suffer because we see that in Scripture. You, know, you, you, you have, you have uh, Peter and John and, and, and all that happened there and whether we should obey God or obey you, you, know, you decide, you know, you choose. But, but they rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer for his namesake. So, you know, there's, there's some rejoicing even in the persecution. Why? Why would there be rejoicing there? Well, one of the reasons why there could be rejoicing there is because here we have the opportunity to be the salt and the light that God's called us to be. And what's salt going to do? You know, it, it's we know salt in 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 its in its in its main you know characteristic. Inscription is going to be a preservative. But if you pour salt in an open wound, you know it's going to burn. If you got people that are living in darkness and light shines upon that, um, you know they the Lord said they would have, have if I had not come they'd have no cloak you know, for their sin, but I've come and they have no cloak for their sin. And that's the reason why the light has exposed something and they're upset and they're going to lash out against it. Um, they're going to persecute that. They want to put out the light. Um, let us cast their cords from us. Like we said, you know, this morning. So we rejoice that there is an opportunity. We were once that person in darkness. You know, we were once that person without the light of the Lord we were once that person without God's grace in our life, without God's mercy in our life. Um, and here they've been exposed to some of that. Um, and there's, there's a reaction. You know, we're talking about our reaction mostly because of what's said here in the verse, but there's a reaction from their side too, isn't it? You know, and that persecution is their reaction. Um, so don't be offended. Expect it, we said first. Don't be offended by it, you know, when it comes. Rather rejoice in it and respond in the right way, which we haven't gotten you know, that far yet this morning, but we, we want to look at that as well. But I think about places like Romans 8.35, and when we see in Romans 8 the things that are listed that cannot separate us from the love of Christ, persecution is one of them that's mentioned. Uh, Romans 8.35 identifies persecution as one of the things that cannot or shall not separate us from the love of Christ. So, you know, expect it, don't be offended by it, be patient when it comes. Be patient uh, when, when persecution comes. Have faith when persecution comes, knowing that it's coming forewarned, forearmed. First um, Peter 2.20 says, For what glory is it if when you be buffeted for your faults, you take it patiently, but if when you do well. So here we are living godly in Christ Jesus, let's say, doing well. If when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable to God. 
I mean, the automatic response for most of us is to lash back out. Um, I mean, I know what that was like with my brothers even growing up. They did something, boy, they were going to get it back, especially I was the oldest, you know. So I was a little stronger, you know, at least for a time, you know, than, than they were. But, but um, I can remember one time that, that the next youngest, I mean, he walked up and punched me right in the face, and Mom was standing there. Do you remember that? It, it was out there at the farm in that front room, that, the formal living room, you know, that, and Mom was, like, standing right in front of me, you know, like, you are not going to chase him down because I know what's fixing to happen. You're going to pummel him, you know. And, and so, you know, that's, that's automatic response. You know, we, we want to get even. You know, the flesh wants to get even. Now, that part of us that God has caused to be there, that, that new heart and, and that, that new creation in Christ, that, that part reasons and says, that was once me. I was once like that person that's persecuting me. I was once like that person at enmity with God. I was once like that person that didn't care for the things of God. I was once like that person that was lost, that was blind, that was ungodly, you know, living in this present world. And so we realize that the person that is, is showing us this persecution is a person that really we're kind of looking in a mirror of what we used to be, you know, and we want the same mercy, and that's part of this blessing that we see here. We want the same mercy. I mean, we desire the same mercy to be shown unto them that's been shown unto us. I mean, here's this person that's persecuting us. Here's this person that's really, for all practical purposes, an enemy, right? How much better would it be if that person knew the grace that we know and we had a brother or a sister to walk with, you know, in the workplace or in our families or, you know, wherever it may be, in our neighborhood, uh, the person who lives next door unto us, um, but here's a reality. When we're persecuted, we suffer. That's inescapable. Persecution is going to come. We should expect it. We're going to have to endure it. And it, it's going to cause some suffering. It's, it's not pleasant. It's not enjoyable, you know, from, from, from one side of things. We, we don't want to minimize that reality. It's, it, it is something that we're called to suffer, you know, persecution. Uh, but we're told to endure it. And, but we're not just to endure it patiently like, okay, well, I'm just going to put up with this. You know, I mean, that, 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 is, that's, that is part of it in a sense that, that, that we're called to endure it. But we're called to go beyond that. We're called to go beyond enduring persecution. We're called to bless the persecutor. That's what we're called to do here. Psalm 37, 7 says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. And boy, let me tell you, 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 you know this, but, but in the workplace, you know, where, where, where we once, you know, were, I mean, it can, it can get pretty ugly, uh, the things that they would say and the things that they would do and the ways that they would react and the responses that they would give um, just trying to conduct business on a day-to-day basis. Um, that word fret, what does it mean? Um, we, we typically think about worry, right? You think about fret, you think about worry. I mean, but, but the word there actually has to do with becoming angry. Don't become angry because of them. That's why I read that verse. Don't become angry, you know, because of them. Don't become furious uh, because, you know, that's the other side of things, isn't it? We're, we're, we're called to bless, not to curse, not to curse. So that would fall 
into the category you know, of becoming angry with them, um, becoming furious with them, um, you know, that sort of thing. We're, we're, we're called to not respond in that way. If we do respond in that way, how can we be a blessing to them? You know, so those things are, 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 are contrary to one another. Um, I mean, you think about what the Lord, you know, endured. I mean, he's, for Jew and Gentile, there at the end, he stands before the Sanhedrin, and, and, and they do the same sort of things to him that, that the Gentiles are going to do, you know, as far as the, the beating, as far as, as the mocking, as far as even on the Gentiles' part, the, the, the spitting upon, you know, him. Um, he endured it. He endured it. He endured it patiently. Um, and even in the end, what do we hear him saying upon the cross about these people who treated him that way? Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Um, we see Stephen. We've talked about Stephen recently, haven't we? We see Stephen responding in the same way, don't we? Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. Um, so here's, here's our response. I mean, here's an example of our, our response. How are we to respond to these people? I mean, this is the extreme. I mean, Stephen's being stoned to death. The Lord's being crucified. And, 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 and we know that on the other end of the spectrum, it's just the snubs and the sneers and, and the talking behind your back and, and the talking about you to your face even. Um, you know, you think you're just perfect, don't you? I mean, you've probably heard that one before. I have, um, you know, to your face. Um, no, I, and that, that, so what should our response be, you know, when something like that is said unto us? Um, you know, do we, do we respond in like manner, you know, unto them? Or do we say, is it an opportunity like, well, here's an opportunity to tell them, you know, this is what I was. You just don't understand. Um, this is the type of person that I was. This is what the Lord's done in my life. No, I don't think I'm perfect, but I have a perfect standing before God. And what are you going to do about your sins when you stand before God? You know, uh, you know, are, are, are you going to believe the gospel? Are you going to turn to Christ in repentance and faith? Are you going to stand before God on that day in your sins and be cast into a devil's hell? You know, so does it provide an opportunity, uh, you know, for us? And and might that bring more persecution? Sure, it 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 might. But at the same time, it might be the thing the Lord uses to bring that person to an end of themselves, Um, and there'd be a complete transformation of character. I mean, this person might have been looking to persecute anybody for anything and the lord changes their heart and they become you know a completely different person and people in the office recognize it you know maybe they didn't know us before the lord saved us and converted us but now they've seen this person who was a thorn in everybody's side and the lord's done this you know it and um, they see the reality of it it's real Uh, this isn't just something the person's putting on this isn't just a show um, that they're not just trying to turn over a new leaf, so to speak. Now, there's a reality of something that's been done, you know, here in this person's life. So, you know, on on the blessing side, I mean, we think about it in, in, in putting it in terms of what we see, you know, in Scripture, like Paul and Silas. I mean, here they they had been going about and preaching the gospel, and 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 they find themselves being beaten and thrown into prison. Their feet are in stocks, and 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 what do they do? They murmur and they complain and, 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 they, and they speak bad about, you know, the people that have, have been those who have, have imprisoned them and beaten them. No, at midnight, we hear them singing praises. Hear them praying, 
The prisoners hear them praying and singing praises unto the Lord. And we know the result of what happens, you know, beyond that. And so, you know, we see that, that, that picture there, you know, and, and, and look at it in your own lives because this is what the Lord's calling us to. And, and the way that Paul and Silas are responding is the way that we are to respond. Um, these are the things that, that we ought to be doing. We, we, just, we just read that they're praying, but, but in reading what we read here, what were they praying? What can we say they were likely praying? Well, likely they were praying for their persecutors. I mean, if, I mean, the very man who he's writing here to us in Romans is the one that's in prison, and it says that he and Silas were praying. And so what was he praying? He's praying for his persecutors. He's praying for his persecutors. He's praying for his captors. He's praying for those who had beaten him. Um, so here's this dark place, this, this jail, this prison, but there's light. Maybe it's not a physical light. It's not a candle. It's not a lantern, you know, but there's a light that's shining in this dark place as Paul and Silas are singing praises and praying uh, unto God. Uh, We're called to bless our persecutors. That's what we're called to here, not to curse them. Uh, We're called to bless them. In in headings in, 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 in one of my Bibles, not this one that I have here, but the one I was using at home this morning, and headings for the paragraph of what we're looking at, you know, here in these things, these injunctions that we're given, it's, it's under the title of Marks of a True Christian. To bless those who persecute you. The world doesn't do that. The world can't do that. But the Christian can. The Christian can bless his persecutor. Um, do we always keep this injunction perfectly? No. But it is in our hearts to do so. Uh, to bless means to speak good of, to speak well of. Well, those who persecute are speaking evil of you. Well, you're speaking good, you know, of, of them. Um, are speaking, and, and where are we speaking this good? Does it have to be, you know, at the water cooler? No, what, what are we talking about the, the, the greatest good here? We're talking about praying for them. Because we have that mentioned to us in other places in Scripture, don't we? When it comes to our enemies, we're to pray for them who, who you speak evil of us. And, and despitefully even use us. Um, you know, I can't tell you how many times there was an idea, perhaps, that, that, that I had come up with, and, and, and somebody else in, in the office took that thing and presented it as their own. You know, that happens all the time. They use you, you know. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. It was something that needed to be done. You know, it, 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 it's going to help the whole, you know, machine to operate better i mean do i need praise and glory for that does the flesh desire and crave such things yes but but in in the end i mean the the important thing was that it was implemented and everybody you know was better off for it you know um but first peter 3 9 says not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing but contrary was opposite of that blessing it says blessing knowing that you are thereunto called that you should inherit a blessing. Matthew 5, 44 says, I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. We actually have it there, persecute you. We're to do good. We're to bless them that curse us, do good to them that hate us, pray for them which despitefully use us. So doing good unto them, isn't that going to be just the most confusing thing for them since they do not like you and because they themselves if 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 
they're going to respond to someone that does not like them. They're going to avoid them. They're not going to do anything good for them. Um, but, you know, what can that look like? I mean, it could be as, as simple as something like I, I would get up in the office and I would need paper for the printer at my desk. And, you know, I'd go ahead and grab two or three other ones, you know, two or three other reams and walk down the, the hallway there. And there'd be somebody that I knew did not like me. Could you use some paper? And any, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, that's a simple thing, I know. And it, it, it can be so much more than that. But something even that simple, they wouldn't have done that for me. You know, and so they're left wondering why, why would you, why would that, I speak bad about this person to everybody in the office. Why would they do that? You know, um, but outside of that in, in, in our prayer life before God that we're praying for that person, I mean, they may have done something really wicked to us today, but we're praying for that person. We're, we're praying not that God would curse them, (laughs) but that God would bless them. And, and what, what would that highest form of blessing be to bring them to a, an understanding of himself, to bring them to an understanding of the sins that they're committing, you know, even against us, um, and bring them to, to an understanding of their sins before him and their need of salvation. Uh, so, you know, this is how God would have us, you know, to respond. Is he not good to the just and the unjust? Doesn't the scripture tell us that? Does he not cause his rain to fall and his sun to shine on the just and the unjust? Wouldn't that be interesting if God only caused rain to fall upon the crops of the just and not upon the unjust? Or the the sun only would shine upon, you know, the just and not upon the unjust. But God's good, you know, unto both. And he calls uh, calls us to be good, calls us to to bless, you know, those who even persecute us. you know, the cursing here doesn't mean profane speech. I mean, we certainly know that's not something we're going to do. You know, cuss somebody out because of the, the, the way they treated us. That's not what Scripture is necessarily speaking about here. Um, that's not necessarily the issue. But the issue is returning evil for evil and railing for railing. Um, and if we're going to bless them, that's going to involve praying for them and asking God to show mercy unto them. Uh, and that's going, to, that's going to really affect our whole outlook you know, towards them and our, and our conversations, you know, with them and what we do, um, you know, about them, you know, in that regard. Uh, here's, here's the way not to respond, and we find this, in, and this would fall into the category of, of cursing. You know, we saw Paul and Silas in the blessing, you know, in the praying for even the persecutors, but here we see this side of cursing. You know, the Lord had set his face as if he would go to Jerusalem, and he sent some messengers over to Samaria, to Samaria and the Samaritans wouldn't receive him. And because they had kind of snubbed the Lord, the disciples were offended by that. And so we find in Luke 9, 54, that when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, anybody remember? Hmm? You're going to say something, sister. You don't want to say it. Shall we command fire to come down from heaven? Shall we call fire to come down and consume these people, these wretches, you know, these ungodly people? Shall we call fire down from heaven? Um, and consumed them even as Elias did. But he turned and rebuked them and said, You know not what manner of spirit you're of. For the Son of Man has not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. So, you know, we're not to call down fire from heaven. I know that's kind of an extreme example, but there it is. You know, on the cursing side of things, we're not calling down fire from heaven upon these people who are uncomfortable. 
You know, brother, you're talking about people running around barefooted with grass burrs and stuff. Those are uncomfortable. If, if there's a grass burr that got under the saddle blanket there, uh, you know, that would probably be uncomfortable for the horse. And Cohen would probably know, and the horse would let him know, hey, there's some things back here that you're sitting on that just, uh, this is not going to work. You know, you're going to have to get off of me. Um, you know, that's, that's the kind of response, you know, that, that, that the world is, is going to have. That's not the response that, I mean, the persecution could be like that. That's not the response that we're to have. Uh, we're called to be a blessing. We're not calling fire to come down from heaven upon these people and consume them. Um, it's easy for the flesh to return insult for insult. Do we have the capability? You know, yeah, we can do it. You know, but that's not what the Lord's called us unto. Um, returning uh, insult for insult or railing for railing, um, calling down a curse. No, we're called to call down a blessing. Lord, Lord, open a door. Lord, help me to be a witness, a light, a testimony. Help me to be able to share the gospel with this person. Um, you know, they, there's, there's, there's friction here. Um, and, and this is a work that, that, that you're going to have to do, Lord. I can't, I can't do it. Uh, I'm, I'm praying that you would work something in this person's life where they would come to see their need of Christ. Because um, we were once enemies. You know, if we had to do unto others as we would have them do unto us, right? If we were that person that was the persecutor, would we not want the persecutee to pray for us? That the Lord might show mercy unto us and, 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 and grant grace, you know, unto us? Absolutely. You know, Titus 3 talks about that. Titus 3, 3 says, For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers or various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another, but after that, the kindness, I mean, here's the thing to pray, the blessing upon these people. After that, the love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us, he can save them. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So, you know, that's far cry from calling down fire from heaven to consume people. Um, you know, it makes me think about Brother Denny one time. He, Donald Denny was preaching here. He said, be glad that I'm not God because it would just be like poof, poof, poof. There's be piles of, of ash, you know, that would be left. Um, but that's not what the Lord's called us unto. He's called us unto bless. Uh, bless those that persecute us, not curse them. Think about the prodigal son. I mean, there's another kind of a illustration i mean here's this young man that, that was just it's utter, utterly selfish you know we could we could say um the contempt that there was for his father um certainly existed there a lack of love absolutely uh, on the son's part but after he he wastes you know all of that um and he returns and says it'd be better for me just to be a servant in my father's household than to live like i'm living and as soon as his father sees him he runs you know, and, and embraces him, um, you know, so, you know, I, again, an extreme example, I know, but here we're called to bless, uh, you know, those who are, are persecuting us. This young man was persecuting, you know, his father as far as that was concerned, but, um, you know, what spirit are we of? Are we of a spirit of blessing those who persecute us, or we want to curse, you know, those who persecute us and call down fire, you know, from, from heaven? Um, you know, Stephen there, as he's being stoned, uh, before before he draws his last breath, you know he's he's saying the same sort of thing. 
uh, that you know we heard the Lord say, you know, He's like, lay not the sin, you know, to their charge. You know, that could be me. I could be hurling. And if we're going to use Paul and Silas, and we're going to say Paul and Silas praying, you know, certainly in their prayers, absolutely could have been praying for the persecutors. Think about who's here at this scene as Stephen's being stoned. Who's there? Who do we know was there? Hmm? Paul. Saul of Tarsus. He was approving of the whole matter. He may have been the one who rounded people up, you know, to, to stone Stephen. And he's, he's holding, you know, their, their coats. He's keeping their coats there as they go to throw stones at Stephen. So he, he may have been, you know, the ringleader, you know, in the whole thing. And yet here Stephen is praying for his persecutors. Who is among those whom he's praying for? Saul of Tarsus, who becomes Paul the Apostle. And people could say, you don't know that person in the office. You don't know that person in my family. You don't know how wicked they are. You don't know how difficult they are. How difficult was Saul of Tarsus? So being meek, you know, is needed here uh, because the flesh wants to respond and retaliate. Uh, but being meek, and meekness, we've said, you've heard so many times, is certainly not weakness. It, is, it is, takes more strength to be meek than it does to retaliate and return evil for evil. Um, it's the stronger response than lashing out at our oppressors and cursing them in that sense. Um, so, you know, to not show the mercy towards them in this idea of blessing you know, it's, it's, it's like you remember, you remember the servant that's brought before his master and his master says, you know, you owe me this sum and, you know, pay it. You know, have mercy upon me. Give me time and I'll, I'll pay it. And he forgave him of the debt. You, you remember that in scripture, the parable, that, the story that we're given there. And then what does he do? He goes out and finds his fellow servant and grabs him by the throat and pins him to the wall and says, pay me what you owe me. Um, you know, if, if, we don't, if we don't show this blessing when we're persecuted, we're like that man. You know, we're like that man. Um, and we don't want to be like that man. Um, we want to be like Stephen. We want to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. Lord, show them the mercy you've shown me. Lord, show them the grace that you've shown me. Show them the salvation that you've shown me. Um, I, I'd rather have a brother or a sister than an enemy. You know, I, 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 I would rather not see that soul go, you know, to hell. Lay not their sin, you know, to their, their charge. I mean, think about what Paul was before. I mean, Gentiles to him were like dogs. No, no, no better than and dogs in that day. You realize, I mean, I know Sister Shelby, you and Steve, y'all have some dogs and your daughter has some dogs and you guys, you know, have dogs and some of y'all have dogs in your houses and you have cats in your, you know, dogs in that day were not the dogs of our day. Dogs in that day were scavengers. Dogs in that day were things that would attack, you know, your children. You know, they were like the rabid sort of thing that you want to shoot, you know, before it, before it uh, infects anybody. Um, so Gentiles to Paul were like that kind of a dog. Um, you know, I think Rebecca even, what she say to you? Uh, you may not even want me to mention this, but she said something, and she's like, that's never stopped you before. Um, but I think she said something about the cat being your, your uh, grand. <laughs> child or something and trees is like no <laughs> you know so you, you, people do that though right you know it's 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 not dogs and cats weren't that in this day um but it was it was you know very derogatory 
you know, thought towards Gentiles for them to be considered as such and for Samaritans to be considered as such. Uh, but yet when the Lord saves Paul, the persecutor, Paul, the prosecutor of Christians, you know, Saul of Tarsus rather became Paul the apostle, but when the Lord converts that man, he suffers much at the hands of Jews and much at the hands of Gentiles in order to preach the gospel unto them and try to be a blessing, you know, unto them. And that's what the Lord's called us unto. Um, you remember Ananias and here Paul, you know, had been blinded, so to speak, you know, there on, on the road and, and he calls Ananias to go and pray, you know, for Paul and lay his hands upon him. And you remember um, Ananias's his, uh, response. He's like, Lord, wait a second. I know that man. Uh, he's one who's who's persecuted the church from one end to the other and in, imprisoned Christians. And, you know, are you really sure I need to go to that guy? And what did he tell him? Behold, he prayeth. Um, and so Ananias went, went his way and, uh, and came and, and laid his hands upon and prayed for um, Paul. And um, he said he's a chosen, he told Ananias, he's a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Now, we may not suffer like that, but we are called you know, to the same task. Um, and to be a blessing unto others, we're going to have to suffer some things. You know, Paul suffered some things. Um, so we're not alone in this area of persecution. There are plenty who have gone before us who suffered the same affliction. Um, Matthew five twelve says, Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Um, so we're not alone in that. We're, we belong to a long line of people who've been persecuted uh, throughout church history, don't we? Uh, but our response to persecution and affliction should not be to retreat and to hide. It shouldn't even be just to bear it and just grit our teeth and not say anything to the person. You know, just have to deal with them. You know, no, it's, it should be to bless them. Uh, to be a blessing to them, to be the salt of the earth we're called to be, to be the light of the world that we're called to be. Um, Salt's going to sting. It's going to sting. Light's going to irritate. Persecution's going to come by us living godly in this uh, present world. We're going to be resented. We're going to be rejected. Um, We're going to have things thrown back into our faces, but we're called to rejoice and be glad. Rejoice and be glad. Blessed are you when... People insult you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you because of me, the Lord says, because of me. So, Lord, help us to respond, you know, in in a right way when we are persecuted, because it's not like we might be it. it, We are going to be. Uh, So, Lord, help us to have the grace and the mercy, you know, towards others to to be the blessing. The Lord's called us to be to pray for our our accusers, our persecutors, to do good even unto them. Um, You know, Lord, help us to to be what he's called us, to be a salt and light, and to bring glory and honor unto his name. So um, any other thoughts or comments or anything of that nature?
Yeah. In the wickedness. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I once had some things, not literally, but you know, I've, you know, there's that we've been defanged. You know, we could say that. And I think that's one of the things that you're mentioning there. Um, you know, we can, we we've 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 been changed. You know, the way that we once responded and reacted is not the way that we do now. But but even in the end. You know, the, the, the wicked who have not turned unto the Lord that, that die in their sins. Um, it, it's, it's not pleasant to think about, but there's glory for the Lord even, you know, in, in that, um, you know, certainly. Um, you know, he's, yeah. Yeah. Fire from heaven. <laughs> yeah. Right, and we have the Lord saying, "You've heard it said, an eye for an eye, and tooth for a tooth." You know, and then He says, "This is what I've called you unto." Um, you know, so you know, there's some of those things you think about the eye for eye, tooth for tooth. There's, there's, you know, the um, uh, government, uh, the authority doesn't bear the sword in vain. You know, there's, it's not that it's, it may not be a righteous authority, but there's still authority. You know, there, uh, but and, and that's what can it do? You know what can the 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 the, um, the the machine of of law enforcement you know do? You know it's it's got to it's got to keep you know the peace. It's got to punish you know wickedness. It's got to punish evil, and it's not going to respond the way that we're called to respond. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a di- there certainly is a difference you know there in that sense. But but at the same time, I, I understand you know the the uh, the the friction, you know, that's there because here we have David, you know, praying. Um, I mean, the same person that when when Joab, you know, killed, you know, um, uh, one of the other, you know, captains. He's like, you know, curse be upon you for you know your uh, what was it an, an issue? I think it was is that what he what he called it. Would have been an issue in, in his family. I don't know what kind of issue it was, but but um, you know, from then on out, uh, because of what he had done. Um, you know, so, I mean, we, and we see, um, you know, a lot of places where, you know, we find that there's, there's conflict, you know, there with, with David, you know, calling that sort of thing, almost, it feels like fire, you know, from heaven down upon, you know, these people, but um, um, we also know he's a man after God's own heart, so, you know, I, I think we could probably interpret, you know, some of those things with the teeth being broken, um, you know, those teeth, they used to gnash, you know, on me with in that sense of persecution, let those be broken. Um, you know, it'd be easy to think about it from the other side, you know, with our flesh said, yes, you know, you know, break out the teeth. <laughs> you know? But that's, that falls under the curse, you know, side, you know, of things. Um, 
You know, here's this commandment that I give unto you, love. You know, um, so you know we're 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 called to pray. You know, for there if we're going to love our enemies, as not necessarily you know going up and 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 they're pushing the whole time away from us. You know, and and uh, I really I, I just love you, man. You know, I love you. You know, and I know people that are that way. You know, that's that's all they can do, but are they praying for their persecutor? Are they praying for their enemy? How are we going to love our enemy? We pray, you know, that's one thing. Do good, you know, and that's, we know that's what we're called unto, and we've got to reconcile, you know, those, those things with some of those other verses, certainly. Um, I don't know how much that helps, because I kind of have the same, you know, thoughts. Yeah. And I don't think, yeah, no. And I don't think there's anything wrong with us praying that that be stopped. You know, I mean, here Paul has the thorn in the flesh. Lord, remove it. Three times he prays. You know, so in this sense that we're facing a persecutor, and in that that we're praying for them, that the Lord would bless them, that would stop, you know, the persecution in and of itself. But, but I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with us praying that the Lord would would cease. You know, that um, the Lord may say, my grace is sufficient for you. This needs to continue. This is necessary in this person's life. And it may not be that person necessarily. It could be somebody over here that's watching the whole thing going on. And, and the Lord's doing a work in that person's life over there. It may not be this person that's in your face. You know, we don't know. Um, so, um, you know, it, 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 it may be something that we're called to endure for a short period of time, long period of time. Um, you know, we just, we just don't know. The Lord knows. And we're content to, to continue, um, you know, here we are presenting this before the Lord. The Lord knows he's received our petition. He's heard us, we know. Um, so we continue on and ask for grace to endure in the face of persecution if it continues. But, but, um, but we know how we're to respond, you know, unto them. Um, good, good thought, though. Any, any other thoughts? Or? I still got four minutes. I'm <laughs> If I'm going to preach to 1230, yeah. But, okay, well, let's, let's stand and we'll go to the Lord in prayer. We'll end a little early. Huh. <laughs> well, we hope that if you can stay to fellowship and share a meal together, that you will stay. Uh, let's pray and thank the Lord for that as well, so... Um, Brother Donnie, would you pray for us and return thanks for the meal?